Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show, where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Call me a macchiato. That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere tolerated. If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with women. Boys just whole essences to bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose.
without making it right with me. So think about that if you are in a similar situation. But happy Father's Day to, to all the dads. And notice I didn't say mom. I mean, we did that show before a couple of years ago. Uh, we had it out <laughs> in the cafe talking about whether single moms should be recognized on Father's Day. Y'all go back and, and find that show and listen to it. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to pull it up and post it uh, on the show page today in case anybody want to revisit that. It's a strong subject, a deep subject. And my answer is no, ladies. I love y'all. Y'all know I'm a sister girl. Uh, I'm a ride or die for for my for my women. For my African American women, but ladies, it's, it's the men's day. Yeah, you you may have been a great single mom, but you you, you just can't do daddy things. You can't we can't take that from you. So I'm, I'm gonna stay on point. I'm gonna stay on cue. I'm gonna leave that alone. Cause y'all gonna take me somewhere talking about single mothers on Father's Day. Tonight <laughs> sent me a card once um, that said that, and I. And I, I knew where they were going with it, and, and I appreciate you seeing me as a strong black woman because my the dad, my ex-husband, is deceased. So I spent some time raising the girls uh, alone, but I am not um, a dad, and nor do I want to be recognized as such. But shout out to all the dads out there. All right, so today, y'all, today, 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 I want to remind y'all, listen, I don't care what it looks like out there, still continue to social distance until this pandemic is over. Um, look out for your loved ones and for those elderly people um, that you may have in your home or that you have to care for and be mindful of their immune system um, just to ensure that if you can't, they come in contact with you, they're not affected. So keep them in your heart. Keep them in your in your mind. Um, stay home if you can. Mask up if you can't. But, but be safe. And, and don't y'all forget that July 7th is blackout day. They're going to blackout 2020 um, next month. So uh, July 7th is blackout day where they're saying don't spend a dollar. We want to remain in solidarity in America and um, hit them in their pockets. So um, y'all check that out. Research that. Look up. Um, some information on that and find out if you want to support that or not. But Blackout Day, July 7th, 2020, this year. Now, I really I really should have had a drum roll before I transition into this next segment of, of the show because this guy is a drummer, right? And not only is, is he a drummer, he's a father of two amazing kids, a 12-year-old son, um, a beautiful, almost one-year-old little daughter. Um, he is a uh, musician, and some of you uh, may, may know him. He, he plays for uh, a, a band in D.C., Pearson Company, a um, global band out of D.C., doing some amazing things. I mean, they were like at, at the top of the charts before the pandemic came start. I strongly support them. I've met some of the band members. I met some of the key vocalists, and um, a good friend of mine leads the band. Uh, Scooby, amazing brother, just a good attitude, a good soul. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, which I keep them, um, you know, check their social media pages out. So this thing lifts up. They'll be doing some shows. They got some um, online things going on too. So y'all support Series Company. And we're going to tag, we're going to tag them in, in the Facebook Live so y'all can um, find out more information about them. But uh, the drummer, the drummer, the drummer, the drummer, the man that brings the sound, he's also an author. He's an author, you all, and he's been a black man. Yes, a black man all of his life, all of his life. So we're dedicating um, our show today to our guest uh, that's in the building. So we want to give a shout-out to Wes. Wes, Wes, Wes Watkins, he's in the cafe with me today. Good morning, Wes. How you doing? How you doing, Wes? Good morning to you. How you doing? Appreciate you having me on. Oh, I'm glad to have you here. You're glad to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. So what it be like for you in D.C.? Oh, uh, man, not much, you know. It's, uh... Going good, no complaints at all. You know, just glad to see everything that's going on right now. People are 
especially us as black people are coming together solid, you know what I'm saying? In um the D C and well the D M V area period, but it's it's dope. Everything's good. It's great. You been marching? You been out there in the march? You know anybody out there? No, nah, honestly. No, nah, honestly, I haven't had the opportunity to go out there yet to march. Um, uh, yeah, I literally just haven't had the opportunity to. Um, the time that I wanted to go two Saturdays ago when they first did, um, I think that's when they first put the Black Lives Matter joint down. Um, I've been having so many, and it's a great thing, but I've been having so many interviews, especially on the weekends with stuff dealing with the book and speaking with other companies that don't have, like, black representatives i've been doing interviews and meetings with them that's literally been lasting me for like an entire day not making an excuse but that's what's been going on so it's like i'm kind of doing my own thing right now you know i can't be out there marching on the front lines but i'm doing something behind closed doors of trying to make change and how to have these other drum cymbal stick companies bring on people that look like us into their into their company you know what i mean so i've literally and the thing is, like, this wasn't planned, but I've literally been in meetings and doing interviews for, like, the last two and a half, three weeks. So at some point in time, I hope to get out there with the marches, though, for real, for real. But you're doing your thing. You're doing your thing, you know. Um, everybody got a lane to get in. Um, I think it's important. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this pandemic, so I, I will I, I will not I'm with marching. you. That- and I'm not gonna lie, that that is definitely that is definitely a big thing too, because I got to come back home to the kids. So it's just like, man, I don't want to, you know, as much as you want to be out there, you know, even though I got all the other stuff going on, but I don't want to catch the blicker and bring it back home too. That is definitely a yeah. piece, <laughs> you know. So, so, so you say you've been doing all these interviews. What, what, what you talking about? What you talking about? Um, what, what's that? So uh, a few weeks ago, like, um, after the whole George Floyd situation, um, there were a lot of uh, big-name drummers that endorsed, you know, drum companies, cymbal companies, stick companies, stuff like that. And some started making a stance on the point of, like, you know, I'm not going to be representing a company that doesn't stand with us, stand with people that look like me. And so... You know, it was this whole thing, and I, I've always been one. Um, I just spoken out in general, even before all of this stuff happened. I don't endorse a lot of companies because I'm like, if it's not benefiting me, then it's no point in me helping you put money in your in your pocket, and I'm not benefiting from money. Enough, you know what I'm saying? So, um, when this happened, I had made a post. I talked about a lot of things. Uh, I was just like, man, a lot of y'all companies from where for you better off just keeping your mouth shut because y'all never spoke up until this point, until all of these black musicians or drummers started saying, all these black artists started saying, yo, I'm not endorsing your company. Now you're coming out with writing posts, oh, we stand with black lives and we're supporting and it, it could be true, but if you don't have anybody that looked like me on your team and now you're doing it after somebody said they're not going to support your product, like one of your biggest endorsers said they're not going to support your product, what's the point? What's the reason? So a lot of people in the drum community, it was it was all over the place. So I made a post and just about all these drum and stick and cymbal companies reached out to me. Like, well, you know, hey, we just want to – it was so crazy in my inbox. People were literally screenshotting to me, like, what, we just want to let you know that we we donated to the Black Lives Matter movement and we're doing this and we're doing – and it's like, okay. But it was just a whole bunch of other stuff that went along with it that would take a long time to talk about. But – Basically, I went on there discussing while um, about having people that look like us to speak for us. You can't speak for me. You don't. You may not go what I've gone through. You may not have been in the situation I've been in. You know what I'm saying? Or you can't relate to it. So I'm not going to relate to what you're saying on a post or anything. So that's why I'm like you better off not saying anything at all. You kept your mouth closed, keep the business as usual. But you know, um, yeah, that's what happened. And like I said, but it. it I liked it because it created an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people that didn't deal with the racism part in their face. So I made them uncomfortable, but it ended up being great dialogue for some of the companies. So that's what I was interviewing and talking about and all that type of stuff. It was still doing. See, and that's, that's a mark within itself. That's, that's a mark. Yeah. It's, it's not difficult. 
one on the ground, but but to be marching against you know those companies and and, and looking out for the drum community, you you leading in a, in a whole different path, and that's and that's what I'm saying. And, and so I think that regardless of what kind of work we do or what our interests are in in the world, we we all are dealing with this injustice in some way. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in the legal community. And we, we we deal with it, even as employees in the community deal with it, you know. So, yeah, right. we, we all can be trying to make a change. So kudos, kudos to you for, for stepping up. Thank you. Stepping out. Yeah. It got to. Yeah, <laughs> we got to. It's, it's a funny thing when you, um, when you step out because sometimes you find that you're the only one out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see the we'll see the good thing about Go this the good the good thing about this is that I've known a few other drummers that's been speaking on this. And so you know, it's it's to be able to have the platform I have and the following I have and to be able to speak on it. It's just like man, they laid the they laid the 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 groundwork down. So it's just like you know, I don't have a, I never had a problem saying it with them, but it's just like, man, like now more than ever is a time where it's like, yo, I got to stand with them because I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's a dude named Kevin Hayden, and, you know, he, he's cool, and he's been speaking about this for years. So it was just like, it was just like, dog, like, you've been right. And, and like I said, I just never, I don't like, I don't like speaking on this stuff all the time because it brings so much. It's not. I'm not afraid of conversation or dialogue, but it's like sometimes you don't want to get consumed in just talking about this one thing, that that just becomes your everyday. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of stuff when you come to talk about injustice, you're talking about racism. Man, that's gonna get depressing after a minute when that's all you focus on. But it's just like right now, I'd be a fool to sit back and keep my mouth closed and just watch what's going on and not say nothing. Hell no. Not we're not we're not going that route. <laughs> you know, it's um. I think that um, when you, I mean, I, I guess everybody got to know. You got to know your limitations. You got to know know your boundaries, and you just got to like balance it out. I'm finding that yeah. you know, as much as I'm listening, trying to, I want to listen enough to um to be knowledgeable and and to know what's going on but at some point I gotta separate myself because it is heavy. You know, I realize yep. like I can't listen to it at I can't listen to it at night and go to bed with it. But um yeah, I'm be on your morning, mind before you go yeah. Yep. And, and the mind, you know, we gotta control our mind because once we let that mind thing go, it's it's, it's kinda hard to kinda get that back. I'm sure you can relate to that one. Yes I can. Very much so. I've I've been in that state of, you know, your mind gone and depression and all of that. I've 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 been there, so I definitely get it. Really, really. What what um, how how did you? So that's that, that's funny. So you you know you don't hear people, uh, young black people, finding that they have experienced depression and, and can speak about it. Like like what 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 sent you there? You said what? What? Uh, what made me start speaking about it? No, what sent you into a state of depression? Oh, what? Sent, oh, um, man, honestly, it was it was it was not dealing with issues that I had going on in front of me. So a lot of times, we'll go through things and we'll try to sweep it under the rug, and especially as black men, and just as a man in general, our thing when you're growing up is to be tough. You deal with stuff. You know, you you man up. You, you you know what I'm saying. And honestly, my father my father was one that always taught me like, man, handle your problems, handle your issues. But when you're growing up with certain, when you start growing up with people, your peers and stuff like that, it's like, man, you carry like, nah, dog, you got to be this way, you got to be that way. So I start going through issues, I start going through situations, and I start sweeping it under the rug. And I started thinking that I dealt with it, but I haven't. And then when you get into a situation when you get older and when you get into, uh, you know, um, like I'll, I'll give an example. Like for me, one thing that messed with me was um, when I'm trying to think I had so many some different <laughs> different scenarios. Um, 
<laughs> like, like I, I think like okay. Matter of fact, so back in the day when I when I was when I was in my twenties, I was in a relationship, a serious relationship where I got cheated on, right? And so I got cheated on, and the person I was with, like her kid, I was helping her raise the kid as mine. And so when she did me dirty. I didn't deal with the situation. It was just like, oh, okay, cool. That happened. Like, man, bump, I keep moving or whatever. And so then because I didn't deal with it myself, I thought I was good and I swept it under the rug. It made it harder for me when I went in other relationships. So then I would go into another relationship messing that up. But I'm messing that up because, and not even intentionally, but because I didn't deal with what I went through before. So because I didn't deal with what I went through before, now those issues I have, those trust issues or whatever other issues, they're coming out on that person. And now I'm messing up that relationship, and now I have that person telling me, like, oh, you jacked up, you did this, you did that, you're not this, you're not that. But I didn't take time to deal with the stuff myself that I had going on before getting into another thing because I thought I was good. You know what I'm saying? And so right, right, right. that's just one instance, but it was so many things going on that, it was so because it was just so much stuff that I tried to sweep under the rug. So then those things they start to build on you. And so then you start to see it come out. So now you're not trusting people. You're you're isolating yourself from people. You're not talking as much. And then you start coming up with own stories in your head of, oh, this person don't mess with me. These people don't like me. They don't do this. They don't and now you created so much on yourself that I believe everything that's been going on in my mind because I haven't dealt with my issues. And so now the depression sends me into a space of where I'm drinking every single day because I'm trying to numb myself and get myself away from what the thoughts that have been going on in my mind. But the thoughts are going to keep being there because I haven't dealt with it. So the more the thoughts there, the more you drink. So now I'm depressed, I'm drinking, I'm going, I'm singing, I'm singing, I'm singing, I'm getting into a deeper, darker place. And now from that, now I'm sitting here trying to off myself because I don't know how to deal with it. Or I didn't want to face it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 a, and a lot of situations that I ended up tracing back was honestly things that I started myself and not even just a relationship. Even when I went to court to fight for my son with, with, with my son's mother, like when I honest, honestly, when I traced that whole thing back, I started that. I was mad oh, at okay. because, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> The thing was, like, when the whole situation went down, instead of me being patient and saying, okay, let me talk to her, let me hear what she's saying, my first thing was, well, dog, see me in court then. We can go to court. And you say it, and then you, you're big and bad, but then when you get into that court situation, fighting a battle for six months, oh, that's a whole nother animal. That's a whole nother animal. You know what I'm saying? And so... It was all of these things piling up, and then, like I said, once I started looking at and I started back tracing, where did this start from? How did this happen? I can honestly say a lot of stuff, it started with me. And so that's why I'm able to it, – it sent me into, into depression, and I thank God that it happened because it's the thing of it's, – it's a part of process. You learn. Like, things in your life are going to happen, but are you going to learn from it? Are you going to move forward? So – all of that just taught me and it built me up to who I am now. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I was able to navigate through that depression and through the suicides and through all that other stuff. So when, when did you, when did you say, like, like, so going through that whole thing where, you know, what was me feeling bad for mm-hmm. yourself, angry with the world, drinking, all that kind of thing. When did you say like, this is it? What, what was the turning point for you? Um, the turning point for me the turning point for me was 2014. That was now. Um, it's been a lot of. It's been a well, yeah. It's, it's been about a good six different times where I tried to take my life back then, like when I was going through. You know what I'm saying? So, um, 2014 was my last suicide attempt. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, matter of fact, that was this past June 16th marked six years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and what, and what happened was I, at that time, this was the first time I ever took like a whole bunch of pills. So I was so frustrated with everything. And I was just like, man, you know, like 
bump it. Go all my, you know, um, one of my best friends, and, you know, to this day, I, I love her to death. And I call her Harley Quinn. She call me Batman. We we Harley Quinn and Batman for life. <laughs> but she um she knew everything that was going on. And um the day that I tried to take my life, like I told her, just like I'm done. And I never forget, like she's bawling on the phone, like trying to stop me, trying to do everything she could. And I left everything to her in the computer of what to do. You know, make sure my son gets this. Make sure my parents got this. All this type stuff. And so I took all these pills. Um, I had like a a pint of Jack, two pints, one of them, two. Um, I went to the liquor store that day at like 9.30 in the morning. So I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm taking all these pills. I had, well, my bad. I dropped my son off at school. Then I went to the liquor store. Then I'm at my, I'm at my parents' house, and I literally just got to the point where I was just like, yo, guy, you want me here, I come. That's how, that's how bold I was, you know? And so I took all these pills, and um, I looked it up, like, okay, I need to take this amount of pills to, to be gone, so I can make sure I took over that. And I started drinking the whole bottle. And, um, like, it, it's it's honestly unexplainable, like, the kind of feeling that you get when you try to take it. Like, like it's one thing that you, like, I've done everything from I put the gun to my head, I try, I pull the trigger, I try to cover myself, I've taken a pill, you know what I'm saying, I've tried everything. But the 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 pills was like a slow type of death, almost. You know what I'm saying? And so I honestly can't describe the feeling, but I remember just like sitting sitting on the floor, like my body just like it just felt like I was just like sinking. And so um, waiting for it to happen. Waiting for it to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and it's like you literally just feel yourself like. You can't control your eyes going down. You can't control, like, it's just, like, almost like a, a coma type of state that you're in. And so, um, and this was, like, this. I think I, I dropped my son off around 7-something at school, like, 7-15, 7-20. So I got back to the crib. This is, like, 9-45. It's, like, close to 10 o'clock in the morning. And so um, I remember just, like, my body saying whatever like that. And so for a minute, I don't remember nothing. Like, I thought that was it. And so I wait. This, mind you, this is in the morning, 9.45, close to 10. I come to around 3-something. So, like, when I when I started, like, open my eyes, I, ain't, I, I didn't know where I was. I thought I was dead. <laughs> I ain't know what happened. I ain't know nothing, like. Nothing, and um, I never forget. My phone was on the ground. My best friend, she had been calling, 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 and um, nobody. And I thank God that she couldn't even get in touch with my people. What? What? Did she know you were trying to do this? Did she know you were trying to do this? Yeah, and she tried calling everybody, but that day, no, none of my people, nobody was picking the phones up. That's the crazy part. And she didn't know where I was, so you couldn't even call 911 to even send them to me because she don't know where I'm at. I purposely didn't tell her. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. my pe- and and, it's, and and the thing is, is just like this never happens ever. So my people's my people's one at the crib, they not picking up. My brother not pick like no nobody's picking up their phone that day at the time that she was hitting them. So. When I come to, my phone is ringing, and I remember, like, reaching out to try to grab it because I'm still trying to process, like, what the hell is going on? Because, again, like, after I, like the pills messed me up that, that bad. I didn't remember. It took a minute for me to realize what I did. You know what I'm saying? So I climb up off the I, – I, I said I climb. I get up off the floor. I go into the bathroom, my whole face looking like death. I hit the voicemail. And the first one that pop up is my son. Whole time, I never arranged for anybody to come pick my son up from school. So, my son is sitting at school stuck because nobody picking up their phone. No emergency contact. His mom, she wasn't picking up the phone. My people's not picking up nobody. And so, 
he on the phone crying like, Daddy, where you at? Where you at? Like, I'm here alone, da da. And so I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, okay. So I'm looking at all of the text messages. My, my, my folks, she, she said, man, she done left a million on one voice message. She texted me like, yo, I can't believe you did this. And, you know, so I'm like, it took me a minute to come to. So I'm like, I get to my, I get to my kid. I was like, God, I was praying. I'm like, God, just allow me to be straight so I can get to my child. I just need to get to my child, get him home, you know. So I'm I'm kind of, I'm 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 kind of together. I go out to the school. I walk into the office about probably hours and change after they got out of school, and my son ran and gave me the biggest hug ever. Like he knew what I did or something, and like I just busted out in tears. And from that moment wow. on, I literally was like, "Well, I told myself, I said, dude, you have to be the most selfish asshole." in life because you didn't want to deal with some BS that you could have been faced and dealt with. You almost took yourself away from him. What would he have done? You see what I'm saying? And from that point on, it was, I changed changed my weight instantly. Like it took me a minute. I mean, I still had to go deal with issues and stuff. You feel what I'm saying? But it was like it's no more it's no more even thoughts of trying to commit suicide. It's no like nah, you gotta change it. You you gotta change it. Like that was my moment of where it was just like because it was like, man, God gave me another chance, like oh, okay. You you think you know what you want. You don't want this. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like I done spared you a few times, like this this the last time. And so that's what woke me up. Woo! You're giving me chills over here. You're giving me chills. Yeah. And, and have you ever? So your your son, he's 12 now. So this was about what six mm-hmm. years ago this happened. Yep. Yep. Six years ago. And, and, and what's your relationship like with him now? Oh, that's man. That's I got my son. We it's great. That's 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 my boy. I'm proud of boy more than ever. Like he with me every day, you know. Like that's 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 my guy. I love being able to be his father. You know what I'm saying? I I love um, having conversations with him so that he doesn't go down the same path I've gone down. So I make sure I talk to him about, you know. Um, and the thing is, my and, and let me just say this: like my parents always talk to me too, but. Sometimes as an as a kid, as an adult, you're gonna make the decisions you make. And my parents always, hey, make sure you come to us, tell us what's going on, whatever. But you get you start hanging around certain people where they think you're so where they make you think that you have to be a certain way. You feel what I'm saying? So I try to make sure not try, I make sure I have a conversation with my son. I'm in his face every single day, just like my parents were with me. Hey, what's going on? You good? I, I've told him about situations I've gone through and what I've done because I don't want you to make these mistakes I made. I don't want you going through that. Just because I turned out like this doesn't mean that if you do the same thing, it, it'll work for you. You feel what I mean? So, you know, but our relationship is great. Like, yeah, that's 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 my guy. That's that's my heartbeat right there. And does he live with you? Yeah, yep. Or, or he lives with me. Um. Yeah, like so, like like the thing is, um, me and his mother, and that's and that's my homie. Like you know, we like I said, we went through the court situation like years ago, but we went through it. I saw where I messed up. She saw where she messed up. I apologized. She apologized, and now that's my homie. We're great co-parents. That's my dog. That's my. I got her back. She got my back. So the schedule we had when we went to court, it was literally what I wanted, but then. I didn't want to take – I wasn't trying to take him away from his mother like I told the court. Like, yo, I just know that there are certain things that only a father can give a son and there are certain things that only a mother can give a son. So I would never try to play it like, oh, he just needs to be with me and not with her because even if he gets older, there are going to be certain things a child is going to yearn, that a child is going to yearn for from their mother and their father. So um, it was just like make sure that he's comfortable. So when he got – to the age, it was like we literally had conversations like, yo, what do you want to do? I was actually okay with if you want to go live with your mom, you can live with your mom. 
I'm going to still see you. You can come over here whenever. If you live with me, you can go with your mom whenever you want. Like, so, you know, so he, the crazy thing is the schedule we had, we was on that for a few years. And then it got to the point of, I was just like, dude, what do you want? You want to show your mom some more? Go show your mom. I'm cool. So now he, he's basically with me on the weekdays and he's with her on the weekends. He, he'll he be with her Friday through Monday. She'll drop him back off and then, you know, he's with me with the rest of the week. But like I said, if he wants to stay here the weekend, he will to or he go to my parents' house. Like, he, like I said, he's at the age of where he just, you know, we leave it, we leave the ball in his court. You know, unless we plan, unless I plan some form on the weekend, I'm just like, hey, I'm going to have him this weekend. He's going to chill. All right, cool. Like, we're literally like, that cool and it worked. I love it. Well, kudos to you. Kudos to you for fighting back. Um, I'm glad, glad that he, um, you know, you found the motivation um, in him and in your relationship to fight, fight for your life. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine what what that's like. But um, well, that's it. I, I don't think people know know that about you, and, and I'm so surprised you're so comfortable talking about it. Yeah, it's, it's it's why not? Because I think I think people think that because they've gone through what they may deem the worst in their life, like it disqualifies them from from yeah. being better, or like you know, your story don't disqualify; it qualifies you, like. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Everybody goes through things. Everybody goes through a process. Me personally, I don't get to where I am without discussing my story because that's what helped people. So because that helped people, in return, it gave me more motivation to keep talking about it. I don't care what people – like, it was different when – and I'm not saying this is for everybody, but for me, when I felt I didn't have identity, I didn't feel like I had an identity. So I'm ashamed to talk about it because I'm scared of what people are going to say. But once you be, once you get a true identity of yourself, you don't care what people think. Like, that's not me. I did that, yeah. I was an alcoholic. I was drinking every five minutes. Yes, I did that. I have no problem telling the next person. I will tell you up and down. I was drinking Jack Moonshine the whole nine. But that's not who I am now. It happened. I can't change the past. It's part of me. So what? That's just how I look at things. I messed up. I've done this. I've done that. Okay, so what? But where am I right now? Where am I going? Now it'd be a different. It'd be different if I'm still that person. If I haven't made no change, but it happens. Things are going to happen. You got to allow the life situation to build you up. So it built me up, and that just makes me be the person that push how I am today. So I have no problem discussing. I have no problem talking about anything to anybody, because at the end of the day, there's always going to be somebody that's afraid to speak on their story, but you could be the person that brings that out of them. You feel what I mean? So that's why I make sure that at any given point in time I talk about it. I think the craziest thing was last year when I came out with um, my first book, and my first book talks about mental illness, you know what I'm saying, and dealing with all these different mental health issues and stuff like that. And this dude hit me, he was just like, like literally, he 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 inboxed me on Instagram, and he was like, "I was going to kill myself. I ordered your book, I read it, and now I decided to check myself in to a rehab center." And so I was like, "Dude, call me right now." And we had a conversation for like forty-five minutes, and it was just like, so I started looking like, "Yo, this was part of my purpose." So if I'm not, if I don't do that, do I get these same results? If I didn't, if I didn't speak on my story and he didn't see my videos of me talking about what I went through, would he have ordered the book and decide not to kill himself and go and and not, I mean, would he have killed himself aside instead of going to rehab? Yeah. So like, yeah, that's how I look at everything. So the um, so the first book you you talked about that you talked about that in the first book. Um, what was that? Got my own family. No, nah, uh, no, nah, the uh, the not the band, but the first book was called "The Life That Created My Own Sound." Oh, the life that created my own sound. Okay. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And what and yep. and um and, and that's a book about identity. 
right? Yeah, basically finding your identity. Yeah, I basically just took people from, because everybody sometimes they think they know who I am or they think that, oh, you got everything going. People look at social media and some people will judge you off social media. Oh, he has all this amount of followers. He's good. No, like, it, it was a process for me to get where I'm at. It's a process for me to get to the place of how I think the way I do. You know, so um, that entire book, that's why I laid out everything of what I've been through and why I am the way I am now. Am I perfect? Do I still have, you know, you still going to have times of weakness and stuff like that? Of course, you're human. You know what I'm saying? But the book talks about, I just, I made sure I discussed the fighting for my son, the alcoholism, the suicide, the depression, and finding identity and finding purpose and stuff like that because that's just part of my story and that's what builds up the West that you get now. I don't I'm, I don't get to become this person by not going through all of that hell that I went through back then. And so and so the the story now or, or, or the new material now is that um, mm-hmm. motivation drive equals purpose and that's yep. the new book that you got now, right? Yes. Yep. Yep, that's the new one. Book number two. Book number two. And and, and what's that yep. about? Um, so uh it really talks about purpose, motivation and drive. So the thing is we were all born with purpose, right? Like from the time you're birth you have a purpose. The thing is we all have to go through process to get to our purpose. You know? So it's like everybody literally has a purpose in life, but you got to go through the process to get there. So the thing is, you have to, in order to get there, you have to have motivation. You have to have a drive. You have to have something about you that says, I want to reach my purpose. It's not that you have to look for because, I mean, you have to look for it, but it's already inside of you. It was born with you when you were born. So the thing is, you need the motivation and drive to get there. You need motivation in general, and you need drive. But also, the book is also talking about you need identity because if I don't know who I am, how can I know what I'm purpose to do? You know what I'm saying? Like I have to have identity. If if people are talking about me or people are telling me one thing and I don't know what I'm supposed to be now, I'm going to start taking on the identity that they give me and think that that's my purpose. No, my purpose is not what you think it is. My purpose is what it is already that's inside of me. So I have to have identity. I have to know who I am to get there. But in order for me to have identity, with that comes vision. I have to have vision to see my purpose. I have to also be able to see what I'm purpose to do. So that's literally what the book is talking about. And I give a lot of life situations that I've gone through that um, – made me feel like I didn't have purpose and I didn't have identity. And a lot of times when other people spoke, I took on what they said I was instead of me because I didn't know who I was. And so I thought that, oh, man, they're right. I can't make it or I can't do this or I'm not good enough or I'm not a great dad or I'm – I took on a lot of stuff, but it's because I didn't have identity. So it's like once I found my identity, I knew who I was supposed to be, and I had vision for my purpose, and then I had a motivation and drive to get to my purpose because now I know what it's supposed to look like, and I know where I'm going. So that's literally what the entire book is talking about. Well, it, it sounds like a great read, and it's coming out soon. I, um, I, I'll be expecting my copy in the mail. Um, with ah, great. Thank you. <laughs> I was expecting my personalized copy in the mail. And when does it? Uh, when does the book come out? Uh, the book will be out July 3rd. Um, it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon. Um, but July 3rd it will be out, and you can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It'll be at uh, and also Lift Bridge Publishing. It will be get on one of those three. But I'm excited for it. July 3rd is going to be the day. I'm excited too. I'm excited too, y'all. This this is Wes Watkins in the cafe with me. Born to roar, but broken. He's talking about defeat, uh, talking about depression, thinking, and how he has actually um, 
parts of his life and the material that he's written. So y'all get these books, y'all empower these brothers to help them come back and back on their feet. It's a new day, and it's a trying time, and we all can need some support. So we, we, I think each one teach one. We learn from other people's experiences, and you definitely, if you're a black man who's had a lot of weight on your shoulders, I'm sure you can find some commonality and what Wes is putting out there. So, Wes, so before we go and mm-hmm. wrap up the show, tell us, tell us what you got coming out tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you keep us guessing. What's dropping tomorrow? <laughs> uh, tomorrow, man. So tomorrow's going to be great. Um. It's going to be uh, – I want to – so, you know, with everything that's going on right now, uh, it's basically like and, – and I'm not trying to make it seem funny, but it's basically like it's hunting season on black people right now, especially black men. Black women have been killed, but it's, it's honestly like it's like open nigga season if you think about it. You know what I'm saying? And seeing how a lot of black men, black fathers, brothers, uncles, the whole nine are being killed, I wanted to highlight – um, my my proud black fathers tomorrow. You know, it's Father's Day, but I think the thing is that even fathers in general, but black fathers, at times we don't get that um, we don't get that great job all the time because it's such a, a such a stigma on black fathers. They're not in the household. They're not. The, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like for me. I grew up around strong black men. My father was there. I got homeboys that are fathers. I got dogs that are great co-parents that are in their kids' lives. And so, you know, I was just like, man, I wanted to highlight all of my black fathers and do a video for them because I know a lot of black men that work hard. I know black men that go to work, that work two, three jobs and make sure they come home to see their kids and help with their science project and go to basketball games, football games, ballet recitals, piano recitals, the whole nine. I know black men that do that. My father worked his own business. He's the reason why I hustle the way I do. He's the reason why I want to own my own business because I saw it in my household growing up as a kid. My father had me working at the age of six, seven years old. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I'm doing a video tomorrow. It's for all the proud black fathers, and I'm literally just highlighting all of the black fathers that are out there to the, from – the, 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 the married black father to the single black father to the one that's fighting in court for his kids to the one that may be behind the glass right now doing some time because he made a super decision, but he's making sure he does everything to change his life so that when he comes back out, he can be with his kids. Um, I'm just, I just wanted to highlight all of the black fathers. So tomorrow I'm going to drop that video, Proud Black Fathers, where I'm just literally just speaking on my black men that I'm proud of. Even the ones that don't get the pat on the back or the thank you all the time, but they work hard as hell. I'm gonna salute all my proud black fathers and moms. Well, shout out, shout out to you for doing that. Shout out to the project itself and all those who kind of help make make that happen. Uh, Wes, I'm telling you, you um, <laughs> you definitely were born to roar. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank, thank God. The voice is, is, is being heard and you making moves. So, I'm wishing you all the best, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. I, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, I'll see you soon, right? I'll see you soon. Uh, I guess uh, at some point, uh, Sirius and Company will be uh, doing some live shows. Uh, We're actually doing once a day. Really? What, what time is it? Uh, it will air tonight at 9 o'clock. Um, I gotta actually be there. In a, I gotta be there by like two thirty. We're gonna be shooting, so it, it will air at nine o'clock tonight on one go go world dot com. One go go world dot com. Okay. Are right, y'all y'all checking yep. out one go go world um, live tonight? I'll be looking for it. Okay, that's a bet. I appreciate it so much. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap us up uh, our podcast for, for today. Y'all thank Wes for being in the cafe with us. And for more information about being a guest on the show or ever talk on the show, visit the website at coffeetalkwithstory.com. Um, place your comments uh, on the guest book and let me know what you think about shows or if there's other material you would like to hear about. Again, again, continue celebrating June 10th. Continue being vigilant and visible in your community as we fight back these 
acts of injustice that has been um, forced uh, upon us. So each one, teach one. We're all in this together. Um, do something about it. Don't forget to continue to mask up. Stay home if you can. Mask up if you right. can. And happy Father's to all the men out there who are raising or taking responsibility for your kids, your next-door neighbor's kids, your sister's kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, and we need, we need men. We need role models. We need leaders. So I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. And happy Father's Day. Happy Father's wow. Day to my brothers. Father's Day to my brothers as well. Happy Father's Day to you, Wes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I just love this show. Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com, as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Out of here. Bye bye.